Welcome to the Best Work Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Henley-Smith. The goal of this show is to uncover the personal stories of successful software engineers, founders, thinkers, and leaders who are all navigating their own working journey. Finding our best work is often a hidden journey, uncovered through an ongoing conversation with ourselves and the world around us. Every one of these episodes is packed with timeless ideas you can apply to your own life. In this conversation, I speak to Ben Marcellassi. Ben graduated from Harvard before joining Google and becoming the CEO at Timworks. We explore how being punched in the guts and prioritizing the long-term ultimately defines our best work. How come you were drawn to those small companies at, at Google? Yeah, I think it's generally I was almost always saw myself as it was almost always almost obvious that I would work with, with small and medium businesses. And I think, you know, there's something to say about people who take a risk, people who, you know, uh, want to do something differently. And, you know, I think uh, I'm always trying to get my coffee at a small guy, not at Starbucks. But I think this person cares a bit more about, 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 about that coffee. And, you know, I think that probably the result of a, a, a journey that, you know, made them either go the, the, the hard way or also, you know, in many cases, because they just simply don't have a choice and they don't have any opportunity and go the hard way. Sounds funny you saying that whilst you're working at Google. Yes, but I think it's, it was almost like um, I almost stumbled upon Google. And I think, you know, it was, it was just an opportunity that was put in front of me. And I was like, you know what, it would be very, very stupid not to take it. But I didn't necessarily see myself as a, as a big company guy. And then, you know, you're 21 year old, you start at Google and for five years, it was incredible, worked with absolutely amazing people. But I would say, yeah, it was a bit more of a, of, a, of, a, of an opportunity that came in front of me rather than me actively trying to get into into the company. How did you stumble on it? I'm sure there are many people who are listening who would love to stumble into Google somehow. Yeah, but I think, you know, it's, it's funny to say that, but in 2011, the Paris office was pretty small and it was just not something you would consider like, it was a real company that you knew about in 2011 in terms of like, hey, I want to go work there because... You know, it was a search engine, so sure, like maybe some people are selling some ads, but that's pretty much it. People didn't know at the time, or very little, very few people knew that YouTube was part of Google, and so on and so forth. And so it was just you didn't really imagine that Google even had people in Paris. And then you know, met the team uh, uh, because one of my friends was uh, intern there, and then joined the company full time, and told me, you know, there's something special going on here, so so you might as well come and check it out, which I did. And, uh, and it was very obvious, you know, as I, uh, as I interviewed with them and, 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 and met the, the people and so the caliber of people who were there. I was like, yeah, that's probably a very good place to, to, to get started. Yeah. What brought you to the end of your Google journey? I think so. First of all, I moved to, to London with Google, which I'm you know, very grateful for. And, and I think five years was kind of the end of a cycle. So, you know, I personally got lucky to grow a bit in the company take, you know, different roles. And I think I felt like I was a bit removed from the execution. And, you know, that's probably what I wanted to get back to, or at least, you know, to, to position myself to, to be a bit more in, a, in an execution mode rather than just, you know, a, a strategic thinker. What were the key things that you learned at Google about doing your best work 
and what it means to you. It's probably not to be afraid and just to to, to just think and 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 go for the the big um, the, the the big shot and you know to go for the as they call it internally the moonshot. I think it's there's something to say as well. Like I was very got to spend a lot of time in the U.S. at Google, and I think you know it's uh, I would say the 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 U.S. mentality is 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 something that I really 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 embraced and and helped me if, if you know to 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 do my best work because I think it's just a, uh, they have this unique mindset where like you shouldn't be afraid by default, which I think you know sometimes in Europe, at least in France, it's the, the dominant mindset. Whereas, you know, they just go for it, shoot their shot. And you know what, if they fail, they see it as an extremely valuable, even bankable uh, uh, experience that they can resell later. And they have way less fear to, you know, just come across as like, oh, he's a failed founder. I think I feel like, you know, a failed founder in the UK, for instance, is a bit more, or it's a bit of a stigma. Whereas in the, in the US, it's way more of a badge of pride almost. It's like, yeah, I shot my shot and I'm going to shoot it again. Was that not something that came naturally to you when you were younger? I think it did. And so I spent a bit of time in the US before Google as well. Part of my studies started, I mean, starting a business is a big word, but started a little side, uh, side gig to, you know, to pay the bills and, and so on. So it's stuff that I would do decently naturally, but I think it's just, yeah, that mindset. And I think what I learned in Google is just, the scope or the, the size of the opportunity that you should tackle uh, should be just gigantic and that you shouldn't be afraid of that. I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. How do you figure out a project that's big enough that it scares you, but that is small enough that it's practical in some way? I think you're exactly right. And I think, you know, uh, I make it sound like I've, you know, like I have it, like I have it figured out. I, absolutely do not have it figured out. And I think, you know, it's exactly as you said, a constant pendulum between, you know, like I want to tackle something huge, but then, you know, it's like trying to boil the, the ocean. So I think it's really trying to as well. That's the you know, conversation that we have with, with my co-founder at, at, at Teamworks every day. It's like, how do we have this gigantic goal to, to change the way every accounting firm in the world interact with their clients, but also where do we start? How do we start? What does the, the first version of the product look like? And who's our, our core target uh, uh, clients? And I think, you know, it's it's all about uh, uh, not losing the, the, the big vision or not losing sight of the big vision. But on the other end, being extremely focused on the step that you're taking right now that takes you to the next step and so on and so forth. How do you know if you're the type of person who is right for one of those really huge projects? I guess you can't know until you've tried. And the whole point is about getting to try. And I think, you know, it's, it's all about, I think it's about finding as well where you think you could be relevant and, and knowing yourself well enough that if you're going to shoot your shot, you should shoot, shoot your shot in something where you think you have chances to succeed. I know for a fact that there are several industries, problems, type of companies that would be absolutely awful at. And so, you know, I'm trying to stay away from it because that's just not going to be me. How do you develop that amount of self-awareness if you know that there are those companies that you definitely wouldn't be right at and you know that there are these projects that are the ones that are for you? How have you developed that amount of self-awareness so you can make those decisions? I think it's, you know, reflecting or trying to think about every time you've been, you, you felt every time you've been, 
punched in the gut by something you've tried that didn't work mm. and understand that, you know, was it you or was it the circumstances? And if it was the circumstances, well, then, you know, try again. If it's you, is it something that you genuinely think you can get better at? And if you don't, maybe, you know, probably look for another opportunity, or at least if you're really set on that opportunity, then find someone who can radically complement your, your, you know, the, the areas of your skill set that you're lacking in, or someone that can, you know, correct you in some ways uh, uh, on, on where you're failing, and someone who can also uh, uh, benefit from, you know, your your, your strengths and, and, and your spikes. So I think that's kind of how, how, how I've approached it, but yeah. How did you approach it? with Timworks and when you were figuring out how to balance the strengths of that founding team, how did you, how did you go about it? Yeah, I think, and, and I think it's very core to as well, you know, uh, how we are, um, how we're approaching recruiting on, on the tech side. I think we have been saying internally, we're like, we're not looking for developers, we're looking for engineers and we almost systematically write engineer with a capital E. Um, and and I think for us, it, it means that what we put behind that word, I think first is creativity. And I think it's very, we, we really see engineering as a creative process. And I think the whole tech team is, is really uh, uh, organized that way in the sense that, you know, we know about your flow, we put meetings early or as early as possible <laughs> in the morning mm -hmm. so that then you have the whole day to do your thing. Uh, you know, obviously try to be very conscious with Slack and Slack here at that specific time and so on. And so I think really what this means is like from the get-go, I knew that I wouldn't be the best to just even have the skills or, you know, the the, the, the technical abilities to go to, to an engineer and say, hey, can you build this this way? And so really, because I just simply wouldn't be good at it because that's, I know myself well enough. So essentially the whole team and, you know, it goes beyond as well how we, uh, we build the broader teams so and not just the tech team, but it's like, hey, I think really what our users are after is this and that. And I was envisioning that from the product, you should be able to do things like that. And that's, you know, obviously every find to try to do a bit more than that, and, you know, get a bit more specific, but read the, the processes. And at this point, there's a conversation, which is also very important for, for me and for my co-founder, which is, how do you extract the best <clears throat> thoughts in the group? So whether, you know, you're doing a meeting or a Zoom call and how do you make sure that everyone has expressed their words and that they've been able to almost negotiate on, on how to build. And then I think only after that, uh, it's where I remove myself from, from the, 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 the process and essentially where it's like, look, um, the engineers know, know the problem we're trying to solve. We discussed a bit on the budget we have for that feature and so on and so forth. Now, you know what? You go and, and build it your way. You're the creative one, you're the expert. And I think it's really that sense of like, where are our limits and how do we make sure that we bring people who are going to be able to fill the gaps uh, in the limits that we have? Almost sounds like one of the gifts of early stage companies that you can spend more time figuring out whereabouts you fit in that jigsaw puzzle. I. As you spoke, I was trying to imagine you doing that same thing at Google and wondering whether that would have been possible. Could you have picked that project based off your own strengths or did it take you starting a company to do that? I've been very lucky that I got to, to, to also like be very 
decisive to some extent or to really like be able to steer my time at Google in directions that I wanted. Also, you know, some, some great managers, but ultimately, you know, like mm. there's only so much that you can steer and, and almost a master of your own destiny. I think, uh, and that's what was really, you know, for me, some of an urge as well to, 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 to move and, 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 and do something else, which was, you know, at some point, I think some personalities will always be drawn to, 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 to cutting the shots themselves. And there's not really any, any, any other, anything else that, you know, they'd be able to do. Can I dive into something you said earlier? You said uh, it's really important to be able to be punched in the guts. Um, what did you mean by that? I think it's just, you know, like you can teach yourself stuff or you can try to learn, but I think I have a big view that a lot of things in life or a lot of things that, you know, are, are meaningful in terms of learnings or achievements are made out of necessity. A good example, you know, is like, you're never going to write that paper for university if there's no deadline. And that deadline essentially creates the need for you to go to work. And I think genuinely, like, you know, if you don't have a forcing factor, if you don't have anything that just confronts you, you're never going to essentially reach that, that, that extra level, that extra, uh, 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 um, uh, uh, you're just going to settle for something where you haven't given your, your, your full potential. I think, you know, it's very true. Like if you, if you, if you try to exercise and go to the gym, great. If you try to exercise and go to the gym with someone shouting on your back, you're just going to run 30% faster. And I think it's all about like what's in, in, in interesting with, you know, that, that idea of like uh, getting punched in the guts is like you almost need to find ways to get that reality cutting in on you or that, that reality to just slap you in the face and for you to realize that, hey, okay. I need to be 20% better. I need to be X better at this. And, you know, some people call that failures. I think it's a, too big of a word for just uh, uh, some, some, some smaller, you know, realization that you can be better. But I think that's, that's very important, you know. And I think every time you just miss a sales pitch, every time a candidate picks another company, every time your girlfriend tells you, hey, you know, you haven't really been here for me this weekend. So it's just always the little punch in the guts that tell you, yeah, I think that's right. I need to be better at this and I need to be better at this. And I think that's that, that, that forcing mechanism or that forcing factor that just, uh, I think for me was always the way to just realize that, yeah, I need to step up. It sounds like they're artificial forcing factors that in some ways you might want to build more of in your life to push you. Like the great example, the, your personal trainer. Have you, have you made conscious decisions to try and create those kind of artificial forcing factors and if so what have they been absolutely absolutely i think it's essential i think you know it, it goes from every single uh, in every single uh, uh, areas of my life you know i think uh, 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 my co-founder you know and he's a, a very very special mind a uh, very very skilled engineer um call each other's bluff and we call each other's bs when it needs to be and i'm you know very grateful that he doesn't hold back on me and I think he would say the same about me. I think I have, uh, um, it comes to teamwork as well, some investors that are great to call as well, you know, to get a bit of a, of a kick in the butt and to get the, the blood flowing. And I think it's, it's very, it's a very good uh, uh, 
a thing to to have as well. And I think you know as well in your personal life, or at least in my personal life, I've tried to surround myself with people who are not always going to be you know, oh Ben, wow, this is amazing, oh Ben, that's great. But some people who are like, hey, you know, like you're doing okay, but I think there's a bit more in you that you can that you can go for. And you know whether it's a professor from from uh, when I did maybe in the US or you know even some friends, I think it's it's always a good uh, a good. Uh, uh, a good thing to do, and I think you know it's, it's it's important to have both sides. It's important to have support, but I think I find it's equally as important, if not more, to have people who just kick you in the butt. How has your own definition of doing your best work changed over time, right from the Google days to now? One of the key changes, or at least one of the key realization, is that. The best work, and specifically as you grow, the best work is not necessarily the most visible. And I think you know we need to 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 at the beginning you're probably drawn into like doing stuff that's very visible that has a very very not even tangible output, but like something you know that's that you can show. And I think you know ultimately what you realize is that a lot of those big achievements or the things you, you've done in uh, in, uh, in 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 your care. Unnecessary stuff that you can show to people, but are going to be things that you know if they if they look for it, if they ask around, uh, that's going to come across. And I think you know there are several things that are for me very important, and that's probably also a function of like you know how my career has evolved and how I you know got into uh, managing people either in my previous job or not teamwork. And I think you know really what's doing my best work now is essentially putting my teams on rails and making sure that you know they're doing their best work that they are very pumped to be doing their best work and that you know that they show up in the morning uh, uh, super happy and that they they, they leave uh, uh, um, uh, uh, work you know being very pumped to come back the, the the next day and i think really like that's how i think it has mostly evolved it's really now more and more and i think as teamworks will grow it's going to be even more to just doing my best work is making sure that the people in the team are doing their best work how does someone resist the temptation to follow the bright lights in that moment if doing your best work is is those hidden projects those ones that are slightly lower key how does someone stop themselves rushing towards that kind of more short-term bright light idea and recognizing the longer term opportunities that they could be working on it's not always easy and i think you know sometimes you just want to go for, for the quick shot and or the quick win and that's also like stuff i do because sometimes you know it's very tactical and and it's actually very smart to do the, the small things you know getting uh, a, a little push here to get a metric uh, look look a bit better in the short term i think can 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 really help but i think it's just all a trade-off that you're making and i think it's really about you know taking the time to to reflect and taking the time to just take a step back and be like, okay, what's what are we trying to do here in three, six, twelve months? And what's the most useful thing? And it's something that to be very transparent with you, like I'm not even the best at. And I think it's something again that my co-founder and CEO is uh, is really helping with. Uh, uh, and we're getting better at that, I'd love to think. But uh but yeah, I think it's all about like you know trying to find and 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 taking the time to just lift your head up and try to see uh, the, the, the broader horizon and stop just looking at your feet. How do you balance your own pursuit of doing your best work whilst also recognizing the 
impact that that's having on the world around you um the phrase your best work implies an individualistic definition of mm. of how you're enjoying work and um how do you balance both your own personal pursuit of doing the achieving your own ambitions whilst also recognizing the the kind of needs of of others around you look i think you know it's if if you're running a company or if you're running a team you're you're eating last and so i think you know you come last and so i think it's eating glass you'll come last i love it that's but that's there's no other way you know it's it's funny i'm still doing the payroll manually because we're still small a small team and even though you know we have cash in the bank and stuff i'm always going to pay myself last because what if the account gets blocked what if and it's it's that mindset it's like you know like you come second you have people who are making a huge gamble on you your company they have a huge cost of opportunity because if you're hiring good people they could be working at Google, Stripe, whatever, and they're, they've decided to join you. And I think that's like the most important like uh, uh, thing to to keep in mind. And I think to that extent, like you need to do your work, you need to 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 deliver, you know, for your clients and for them as well. They need to see as well day in day out that you know you're punching and that you're doing everything you can. To, to make that uh, that commitment or to make that bet or that gamble they made on you uh, worse uh, or something, but I think you really have to to try to be as, as selfless as, as you can, and you know your people are always going to come first. And where does happiness come into the picture for you? Okay, it's you know when I have I have people from my former company, so the company I worked with uh, uh, after my MBA, so after Google, after my MBA, and. Some of them, sadly, I had to let go as well because we, we were restructuring the team. And you know, they're they're asking me now if if and when they can come and work with with Teamworks and and work with me again. And I'm like, that's that's what I live for. You know, it's uh, it's uh, it just brings so much happiness because you're like, look, you know, uh, uh, um, that means that you know you'd be very happy. You'd be very pumped to come every every morning and do your best work with us. And it's very and I know you're very skilled and I've worked with you. It's a no-brainer. And I think that makes you very happy. You know, when I get a, a, non, a non-prompted message from one of our clients who's like, man, your product is just great and so on. And you must get that a lot. I mean, you're like, that's worth all the punch in the gut, all everything you got wrong. Every investor who told you no, every employee who was, or every hire, potential hire who was like, now I'm going to pick another company. Every client who said this product's not for me. That just goes away when you know you have uh, someone in your team who's super happy, someone who wants to join your team, or a client who tells you this product. It's just that's changed the way you work. Ben, thanks so much for sharing your story. That's been great. Thank you very much. The Best Work Podcast is produced by the team at Cord. I'd love your advice on how we can make sure the Best Work podcast is having a profound impact on the way we all pursue our best work. Email me at bennettcord.co. You can also find a transcript of this conversation, insightful video content and more at cord.co slash insights. Thanks for listening.